Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Happy Monday. Training camp is upon us. And it wouldn't, we've been we've been doing these shows on Tuesdays a little bit just because news is a little slower during the slow part of the season. But we had to we had to come back here. Players are reporting for training camp, especially with, with the Cincinnati Bengals, and things are are in full motion. And I can think of very few people I would want on the air with me to help kick off training camp coverage on this show for 2021, other than Jeff Trenopole, otherwise known as Strawberry Ice, otherwise known as the Ice Man. What's going on, Jeff? What's up, man? I, I got too many names. Sounds like <laughs> I don't have. I don't have. I have too little. So I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you're. That's that's what's cool about you. You're just Anthony. It's cool. It's, it's I just Anthony. I like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm the cast man. Yes, exactly. The cast. Yeah. The cast man, Anthony. There you yeah, go. that's right. Well, I, I'm stoked to have you on, man. It's long overdue. We were talking before we we hit the air. Long overdue. Um, love what you are doing on on your show, and uh, it's been growing quite a bit. And um, we're, we're, we're stoked to have you on real quick before we kind of get into what we do on the water cooler chat in case folks, I think there's a lot of crossover in terms of listenership between our show and your show, but right. in case folks do not know for some reason about what you're doing, it's an awesome show. It is a daily show. You have all kinds of great guests. Um, even, even lowly ones like myself have, have <laughs> graced your, your screen, but, uh, you've got all kinds of great guests. Um, it is a daily show. I want you to tell us about it and what you've got coming up here. And I'm going to share the YouTube channel for our folks too. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know me, I'm, uh, the YouTube channel is Cincinnati sports with strawberry ice. Uh, it's a daily show live at five 30. I talk a lot of Bengals, Reds, Bearcats, but mostly Bengals. Um, like today's show at five, five 30, I said five o'clock, five 30. I have Matt Ritchie coming on the show. That's uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals season ticket. Uh, he's from Cincinnati Bengals season ticket office. Uh, tomorrow, I got the Orange Arrow on along with Paul Daner Jr. So I talk a lot of Bengals. Make sure you guys subscribe. And then I also got the podcast. The podcast is pretty much on, wherever you get your podcast is on Spotify, Beanpod, Apple iTunes. Like I said, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you can find me. And please make sure you subscribe to my channel and download podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm going to do it right here for you. Uh, <laughs> subscribe on the air. And the reason Ooh. why I was not subscribed is because I'm under a different Google profile right now. The, ah. the, Orange, the Orange and Black Insider has officially subscribed to your yeah, podcast. Yeah, there we go. That's that. what I'm talking about. <laughs> but now Anthony himself has also subscribed. So I thought I had taken care of that. But we got we subscribed <laughs> there. Go subscribe. to. You got to uh, hit the bell for notifications too. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, I will do that. Well, yeah, let's let's do that. There we go. There you go. There you oh, go. Right there the for you. Um, so please do the same. Do do it for our show as well, in case you haven't done so. But uh, do it for Jeff's show. He's got a great co-host, Jeremy, who who tag teams with him as well. And uh, he hasn't uh, been great. on in a while. He's 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 been at work. So a little MIA, right? A little MIA. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a job or something. Actually, he's paid to do it, so <laughs> he has to do that sometimes. So, but yeah, Jeremy will be definitely be back on. Definitely closer to football season. So you, you guys are just stuck with me for oh, probably only a couple more weeks, and Jeremy will be able to be back on. Well, what's what's awesome about Jeff's show also is it does a ton of Bengals coverage. Like I said, it's a daily show. We try and do most of the day, days of the week on this show, but um, he also does Reds coverage. I think you do. Do you do soccer stuff as well, Jeff? Uh, not, a little I'm bit? Trying, I'm trying. I don't know soccer. Okay. Like, I'm, try, I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying, but well, the, the worst thing to do is get on a show and try to talk about a subject that you really have no idea what you're talking about. So, <laughs> I mean, I will, I, I'm trying to get into FC since I have watched a couple games and I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying to get into it. So I, eventually I will talk more about it. Um, but I'm just not there yet, <laughs> but mostly it's mostly Bengals, a ton of Bengals reds, which they have a terrible bullpen, but we'll get into that some other time on the show. Um, and the Bearcats and then Jeremy loves, the Ohio State Buckeyes, so we definitely try to talk about them when he's on the show. Well, we're getting we're getting people that are antsy, um, so we we better start getting to some headlines here, and we'll, we'll talk about all kinds of different things. But yep. definitely wanted to make everybody uh, let everybody know about your channel and to go subscribe to it. It's a great show. It's a daily show. I mean, look, we got Yancey. He's he's chomping at the bit. Are you are you going <laughs> to talk Bengals? So let's let's get going. Let's just start. I didn't I didn't pull up an article for this here, but I think it was it coincided with when I went it took the air last week on um, the water cooler chat. But I mean, as we all kind of know at this point in time, the Ring of Honor, the inaugural class has been announced, yep. and I think like most predicted, I think like obviously as most voted, uh, I did not get a vote because I'm not a season ticket holder, but as most voted, good for you. Uh, Ken Anderson and Ken Riley have made the inaugural class alongside Paul Brown, Anthony Munoz. I know there are a lot of worthy candidates, Jeff. I don't know exactly how you voted and if you even want to share that or not, but, but um, you know, I think, I think for me, the the two Kens would have been the guys that I would have voted for, even though they're a little bit, um, some of their careers were a little bit before I became even into existence. Actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that's where where I would have personally have gone along with Munoz. I mean, I know Willie Anderson, many, many others were very deserving, but uh, that's where they went. I, you know, I, we could start there. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, that yeah, I, I voted for Ken Anderson and Ken Riley. And I said it on my show that I wanted you to vote with your heart. But if your heart was not telling you Ken Anderson and Ken Riley, you're wrong. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just because the way I looked at it this way is we want to get Bengals in the Hall of Fame. Right. And these are the next two most deserving guys. And if we're not going to put them in our own ring of honor, then why in the world would the Hall of Fame, you know, take notice? So now that that happened, my question is, is who's the next two? And I'm thinking Again, we two guys that we want to get in the Hall of Fame that I think we have a legit shot of getting in the Hall of Fame, Willie Anderson and Corey Dillon. I think those might be the next two, but I, I don't know where, where your thoughts are on that. Those are definitely names that uh, I, I would I would assume would be top of the top of the heap there. Um, you know, Boomer, he's not I, I don't know that he's unfortunately going to be a guy that's going to be considered for Hall of Fame status. I mean, he's put up quite a quite a, a right. few good seasons and numbers and whatnot. But 
Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's hall of fame, but that is a guy that should be at some point in the ring of honor for what he has done with the Cincinnati Bengals as well. So, I mean, that's a guy that's, that's in there. I think, you know, we, we got to look at all the lists and everybody, but I think Willie Anderson has to be at the top of that list and a guy who should be, uh, considered for the pro football hall of fame. I think Corey Dillon, to your point as well, should be another guy too. So, um, I have a question for you. Do you think they're, are they going to do four again next year or is it just going to be two or do we even know, you know, I, I don't. We don't know for sure. I don't think. I, I would right. probably need to look that up. I. My assumption is that they are going to do two. Okay. From they, the, the inaugural class is going to be four, and I think they're going to do increments of two from there. So, um, you know, and then and then as this thing keeps going, you know, it's going to be kind of neat. I would assume to see names like AJ Green put in that put in that Ring of Honor and Isaac and you Curtis. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are just, just guys from all kinds of different eras. So mm-hmm. uh, in case you've been living under a rock, wanted to get that across the the wire for everybody that uh, Ken Anderson and Ken Riley are the next inductees in the inaugural class with Anthony Munoz and Paul Brown. And they will, they will, uh, they'll, they'll be, honored in week four at the, at the halftime of that game. I wanted, it's a good segue just to promote this as well. We're doing this now, You got to love how, how professional looking I did this the black <laughs> on black, uh, background here, but we're doing, we're doing what we call a charity fest that we've been promoting this a bit and we will be having uh, appearances by Ken Riley, the second and Ken Anderson on Wednesday. We're going to go kind of a longer show. We've got prizes and what we're doing as we've decided, we, we talked about doing a handful of different charities we're going to we're gonna represent and hopefully rely on donations from our listeners, from Cincy Jungle readers. But what we're going to do is we're going to support the three charities from the three players in the inaugural class. So Anthony Munoz, the Munoz Foundation, the Ken Anderson Alliance, of course, represented by Ken Anderson, and Ken Riley Foundation, represented by his family. So Ken Riley II and Ken Anderson will be joining us Wednesday. I know you've had uh, Ken Riley the second on your show, yes. uh, Jeff. Uh, we we have not had that pleasure yet, so we're excited about that. So we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor with them and hopefully raise a sizable amount of money to make an impact for those charities because they do some great work. So we're pretty excited about that one, and uh, that'll be this Wednesday. And we're going to kind of keep the charity thing running for a little while so you can get your donation in. So pretty excited about that, man. Yeah, Ken Ken Riley the second is is a great guy. I mean, he him and his family, you can just tell by Ken Riley the second of how he talks about his dad and, and just the, the, the smile he had on his face when he finally found out his dad's getting in the ring of honor, yeah. just, just, just the relationship they have. And I, I mean, yeah, I know I've gotten to know Kenny here the last you know a couple months. Cause he's been on my show. I love you. Ken Anderson on my show, but I haven't been able to get, get him on here yet. But Ken Riley's come on. Ken Riley the second has come on my show, I think three times now. And he, he's a great guy and it's, it's a great charity that his dad started. And they got the Ken Anderson Alliance, another great charity that uh, that he started. I mean, it's it's really cool that all these former Bengals just established roots here in Cincinnati. They may not live here, but at least their, their charities are here. Not all of them live here, like, uh, but a majority of them do actually. I mean, because Anthony Munoz, he's got a charity, he still lives here. So that, right. that, that's that's cool about how these guys care about this community and how invested they are in this community. In this community. Yeah. And they, they're the, the foundations are doing some really great things. Ken Anderson actually just, they just opened up a coffee shop that helps uh, 
provide job opportunities with adults yep. with developmental disabilities. And that, that's featured on Cincy Jungle and many other platforms. So go and, check and he's out. got he's got his own beer now from us. That's months. right. That's right. Can, can I, I want to ask him about drinking lager. I got to try yeah. that. <laughs> I had uh, the orange arrow on and he was saying that he thought that Kenny was telling 16 lots that it has to taste like Keystone. Yes. So I got to, I got to yeah. ask him. I got to ask him about that. Yeah. yeah um, I had Del, Del uh, Hall on my, on my show, the owner of 16 lots. And he was telling a story about how he, he would come to uh, uh, Bingo Jim's tailgate or whatever. And, you know, 16 lots is, you know, they're darker microbrew beers or whatever. And he'd try them. They'd make fun of him because he didn't like them. He goes, he goes, Kenny, what, what kind of beer do you like? He goes, I like Key- Keystone Light. <laughs> so, so which, I mean, hey, I'm with Kenny. I like Bud Light. So I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm probably going to like this beer. To so each, they, each their own, right? Yeah. So they made the beer as close as they could to Keystone Light. I haven't tried it yet. It's coming out, uh, I think, the week of uh, the season is when it's coming out. So. That's awesome. Uh, and to your point, too, just going back a little bit to the Ring of Honor, to yeah. your point, there was a quote at the Bengals lunch, and we're going to get some more tidbits of info, get to those in just a second. But there was a quote by Mike Brown, and he specifically said, I think it was via Lindsey Patterson on Twitter, he specifically said that the Ring of Honor, we hope and we we kind of strategically did this in, in an effort to get these guys to be recognized for the hall of fame because they deserve it. And so Mike Brown, um, even though he's up there in years, he's, he's got eyes and ears on what's going on around the league and with his football team. So kudos to him, kudos to the team for, for moving forward with that. Well, Jeff, big, big news came across. It doesn't usually come across the wire on Sundays. We started to hear some, some rumblings about things, on Saturday, and largely thanks to our buddy Malik Wright, the, yep. the Bengals insider out, out there. But uh, the Bengals have sent or uh, signed, rather, Sam Hubbard to a four-year, $40 million extension. And look, a lot of folks are saying, you know, $10 million a year, and this guy hasn't put up the big stats or whatever. Here's my take with it, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. John and I will on Wednesday. But my take with it, Jeff, is look – uh, this this is kind of the going rate, and and actually this is this is probably structured as a team friendly deal, and it will be that way over the next couple of years. But not only is this kind of the going rate for edge defenders, but this guy is very valuable against the run. And when we previewed the the, the edge defenders and defensive ends with the Bengals on our show, um, what what I've kind of said this is kind of the Robert Gathers effect. Remember, we, the, yes. the, a lot of a lot of folks were saying, "Well, why why did they sign that guy? Why do they keep him around?" All he's a valuable guy, and this guy not only does a lot of stuff in the local community, is a locker room guy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he is productive, and the hope is that he's an ascending player. So, four years, forty million. What what do you think about that signing when that came across the wire yesterday? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I was it was expected. I mean, the next one I expect is Jesse Bates. But yeah, I mean, it's going great. I mean, he he does everything you, you want him to do. He doesn't do – I wouldn't say he does anything great, but he does everything really, really well. And he's really good at stopping the run and, and uh, creating heaven in the backfield. So I, I, I think it's a great signing. I mean, like I said, the Bengals are really good at signing their own guys. They've always been good at signing their own guys. So I would not be surprised if Jesse Bates is the next one – to be signed, but I would definitely, if you guys are not following Malik right, I would definitely follow him because he'll probably know first before anybody else does, <laughs> and they'll yeah, just send yeah. a little gif out. <laughs> but yeah, I'm extremely excited about it. I, I think it's a step in the right direction, and it's it's this is the kind of player that that Lou likes. I mean, he wants guys who can who can rush the passer, but also drop back into coverage too. So this is a prototypical Lou, uh, 
as I call him, Armadillo, um, <laughs> player. And I said, I promise I'll call him his real name once, once the defense gets better, but it's kind of something yeah. that just started. So, but I bet yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with it. I, you know, it's, and, and I think here, here's the deal with, with it for me too. We can sit here and say, you know, there's, there's a, there may be a perceived overpayment. I actually didn't think that. I, I would say if the Bengals were more like in the $12 million a year range or on annual average value, um, I, I would say yeah, that's a little high, but a uh, 10 is, is, is pretty fair. You got to think he, he did miss some games last year. So you got to think a healthy, healthy guy, maybe healthy players around him as well, who are contributing that can free him up to do some different things. You got to like that. And then of course, Lou Anarumo uh, <laughs> will, will probably be kicking in Sam Hubbard inside on yeah. certain downs as well to mix up the looks. So you got some versatility there. And here's the thing with me, Jeff, if this deal, if a guy like Sam Hubbard was to hit the open market next year, uh, you'd be seeing a different contract and likely a player with a different team. Even if he didn't put up the gaudy stat numbers again, mm-hmm. these guys get paid. These guys get paid and they're hard to find effective guys, even if even if their big forte is against the run. Um, you know, that's still a valuable asset. And the Bengals have been struggling against the run. So they need this guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you, that's the same thing happened with Carl Lawson. I mean, you let him hit the free agent market and he went, uh, you know, a higher price than the Bengals were willing to pay. And if they would have locked him up sooner, who knows? We might might about have him and Hendrickson on the same team. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. But that, but yeah, to, to your point, yes. If they didn't get it d- done now, if he hits a free agent market, he's going to get paid more than the Bengals are probably willing to pay him. So I think this is a very smart move for, for the Bengals. And they need, I mean, they need all the help they can get on defense. Let's be honest. I mean, I think this year, honestly, is the most talented team defensively that Lou has. I think he has his best chance to actually get done what he wants to get done. And I'm starting to understand what he wants to do. He he wants to to do the the the, the morphing defense, you know, like the Patriots did. You know, so whatever they, that team does really well, they want to stop that. So in the AFC North, what, what are the two teams that, that we have to beat? We have to beat the Clowns and we have to beat the Ratbirds. What do they do best? Run the ball. What's right. Sam Hubbard best at? Stopping the run. So this is a crucial guy to me for us to sign. Mike Kyle, what's right. up, buddy? Yeah, yeah. You throw in, you throw in the strength of Sam Hubbard. You bring in a Tyler Shelvin, big boy up front. Hopefully, you get something out of out of either Tupo or Wren. And then, of course, DJ Reader being back and healthy. Yeah, I mean, that, that you hope that that's all going to help with the massive run issues that they've had over the past couple of, of years. And like you said, you mentioned Mike Kyle. I pinned this one up here from Facebook. He's uh, referencing Hubbard says makes big plays when the game is on the line, comes up big for the team. That was a big resigning. I mean, you look back to that Dolphins game a few years ago, the Houston game last year, he does create big turnovers. And uh, so I think a lot of folks are happy to have him back in the fold. Um, so a good one. And I think, well, we can go, let me, let me I go question for you, for, yeah. for you real quick. How yeah. excited are you about the 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 four potential rotation of Tyler Shovin? I call him Big Daddy by you, uh, Oban Joby, DJ Reader, and Mike Daniels. I, how how good if all four of those are healthy? That's to me that's a, a huge key to stopping the run this year that we didn't have last year because we had three guys last year and none of them were ever healthy at the same time. If all four of these guys are healthy at the same time for throughout almost the whole year, I think that's a huge upgrade. At just just stopping stopping the run. 
It is. And and I've said this before too, Jeff, I don't think the Bengals need to be spectacular in any aspect of their defense. I think if they're middle of the road, if they're average, maybe slightly above average in, in the major areas, creating turnovers, creating sacks, creating pressures, stopping the run, all of that. If they're middle of the pack, I think this offense will carry its weight. Yes, there are offensive line issues. And yes, we'll talk about some quotes with that as well today. But yes, there are some offensive line questions going mm-hmm. forward. But with the receivers, the running backs, the quarterback, all of that, they're going to score points. They're going to put up points. It's just a matter of if you're going to score 28 plus, right. are you going to be able to hold a team to under 20? You know what I mean? To right. get, the, get the W. And wow. unfortunately, that hasn't been the case over the past handful of years. I, I, I'm comparing this team a lot to the 05 team. The 05 team, we had an unbelievable offense and an okay defense. It was a very opportunistic defense, mm-hmm. That's what, but they kept them in games. You know, that's where I see this team a lot like, with, especially with the, the, the wide receiving core that we have. Yep. Yep. And they've made moves to, to make sure that they are deeper in a lot of different areas on exactly. defense than they were, especially last year when the injuries ravaged them. Speaking of injuries and whatnot, this is on CincyJungle.com, and I believe this was up yesterday on the website. Uh, roster moves, and we've got further updates based on some quotes from Zach Taylor and company going uh, coming out today but this is these are the roster moves unfortunately Hakeem Adeniji um, is uh, he's they're on the non-football injury list but Adeniji suffered a torn pec um, and Wyatt Hubert we'll get to there that in just a second as well Wyatt Hubert also suffered a torn pectoral muscle so it seems as if Adeniji and Hubert will be gone for the the this year, and here we are talking about pass rushers, Hubert being lost, even though he's a seventh round pick, a lot of people thought he could sneak onto this roster, unfortunately not looking to be the case for this year at least. Punter Drew Chrisman is dealing with an issue, uh, an injury issue, but he seems, I think it's a hamstring issue. Same with Cam Sample, I'll have to I'll have to pull that up, but uh, Cam Sample's day-to-day. Chrisman, is, uh, it's a short-term injury there, but you've also got Riley Lees, Rennell Wren on the active physically unable to perform list. And really, Jeff, uh, I was actually asked this by my nephew yesterday. He's kind of like, what's the deal with all these lists? I don't really understand the whole thing. I, I don't want to pretend to be, you know, Mr. Uh, Encyclopedia about all this stuff, but here's kind of my explanation with it. These different lists and their designations, really what it does is it provides roster flexibility for the team. And so, and, and what it does is it also protects these players so that, remember the, remember the Antonio, uh, uh, who was it? The oh. Antonio Bryant situation yes, the wide receiver, yes, four yes, years no. ago. They didn't, they didn't protect him. He had an injury issue. They rushed him out to practice. They didn't have him on the pup list or anything like that. So then what happens is you couldn't put him on the pup list. You couldn't protect him. You lose him for the whole season. And then that contract's a wash. Yep. So this is, this is kind of a little bit of CYA, if you yep. will. And I yep. think a lot of us know what that acronym means okay. um, in terms of the team and what they're doing with these players. So when, when, when someone is asking, well, why are they on this list? What does this mean? Basically it means that they're not rushing them out to practice because if they do that, the, the injury gets worse, all that kind of stuff. Then you can't pup list them. You can't hang on to them. You're basically relegated a lot in a lot of instances to put them on IR. But one thing that, that, sticks out to me is a lot of the young guy names on this, mm-hmm. on, on these, uh, that's a little concerning to me, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm concerned with, with uh, the biggest one for me, I'm concerned with this sample and I know he's day to day or whatever. And, you know, tr- cause I think he's got a shot to be a, a big impact player for us. And the other thing that I, I find interesting is what's up with everybody tearing their pecs. <laughs> I mean, this I, is, I don't this know. The third one in, in two years. I mean, McKenzie Alexander or wasn't was Mackenzie Alexander? No, the cornerback. Um, uh, Trey Wings. 
Dickey, Trey Wayne, he, he tore his last year. He was out for the whole year. Yeah. Same thing with Adenogen. And I was like, what, what is going on with that? But yeah, the one that really I'm concerned about is, is Sample, because I think Sample can be uh, a very good player for us. Uh, at least I'm hoping so. And, and Wyatt Hubert, right? He's, he's going to be a good one. Hopefully, hopefully he'll come back, but it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, here's a little bit more from James Rapine of All Bengals and the Locked On Bengals podcast. Great guy, great coverage guy of the team as well. Just kind of extrapolating a little bit more information on the Wyatt Hubert situation on Drew Chrisman. So you see Drew Chrisman will miss a few weeks with it. It's a, I guess it's a hand injury. Um, and then Cam Sample with the hamstring issue. Uh, Puka Williams also uh, in that in that sphere of, of all the names that we were mentioning there. But thanks to James for passing on that information there. That was relayed through the luncheon today. Um, what's what's with this mock turtle soup thing, man? Uh, I, have you have you tried this thing? That I guess that that was the dish that was served at the luncheon. I I have never heard of this thing. I, I've heard I've heard of turtle soup. I've I've never I've never had it. Um, Neither have I. Do I think I want to. <laughs> I'm not right. anything that has turtle in it. I don't think I'm going to try. <laughs> but, I, I hear you. <laughs> but hey, it might be good. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's supposedly what they were s- serving at the lunch. And what I understand is it was an actual turtle meat uh, in the soup. It was actually ground beef or something like that. So it was, it was, it was in a turtle turtle shell. <laughs> uh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, maybe it's for all the Super Mario fans or something. Right, like right, right. Um, this is just a little bit more. Again, the Bengals, and this is on CincyJungle.com, courtesy of Jason Markham, and of course, relayed information from a lot of the beat writers and whatnot. Uh, Bengals lose Wyatt Hubert for the season, so that's uh, that's kind of to me, really, Jeff. It's a little bit uh, Khalid Kareem, come on down, right? Right, uh, right and guys right. like that, you got it. You got to step up. I mean. These are when you draft these guys on day three. Yeah, the expectations aren't overly high, but as we talked about earlier, edge defenders are valuable. You need to get guys that can rush the pass, rush the passer, even if it's situationally or on you know limited snaps. So they're going to need to find something to replace Wyatt Hubert, um, regardless of how little or how big of plans they had for him this year. Yeah, one thing I've said on my show is I think uh, this is, and I said it earlier that I think this was talented team. I also, they just the deepest team that Zach has had. So it's already getting tested. And you know, Wyatt Hubert was a guy I was really looking forward to seeing play. He was what a seventh round pick. Is that what what he was? Yep. Yep. And it was it was a guy that you know some people said he could have went higher, you know, fifth or sixth. We got him in the seventh round. So he was a guy I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. I I think he was mostly going to be backup special teams guy, but still. You, you need guys like that. So this is where the the depth comes into it. And this is why I'm glad that the Bengals did not spend so much money on one offensive lineman, you know, like everybody wanted, wanted to do in the offseason. We spread the money out. We still have money left to spend to go pick some guys up here, you know, when training camp starts because, you know, guys are, are going to get cut. So this is definitely going to be a, a challenge to see how, good, how deep this team is. Hopefully it's not a sign of things to come because last year – as you know, we got so injured. I mean, it, we were pulling guys off the street, and that's what we don't want to do this year. So that's why I do like the depth that we have, but it's already we're already having to, having to, to dig into it. And like you said, next man up has got to step up. You want your opportunity? There it is. Well, going into this weekend, they haven't really been looking at edge outside edge rush help as of this moment. They're probably, you know – sniffing around some players and, and right. trying to figure some stuff out. And of course we always have to look at the, the final cuts, right? Mm-hmm. There's always the late, you know, late waiver wire additions after all the final cuts after preseason. So that may be another area where the Bengals look, but in the meantime, you kind of teased it a little bit. The Bengals didn't splash big time 
in the offensive line. The big signing was Riley Reef, of course, but they did add some offensive line depth over the weekend. So they uh, added a center, Lamont Gaillard. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly off of waivers. A couple of other teams put waiver claims into him. From what I understand, Jeff, this was a little bit of a surprise to Cardinal fans and uh, those close to the club because this this guy started a couple games for him last year, did okay, and they thought he was at least going to be a backup, maybe a you know a rotational guy or maybe ease him into a starting role down the road. But uh, they cut him, and right. so now the Bengals picked him up, and the Bengals going into the weekend. Now, you know, you've got the Hubert situation, so those numbers are a little in flux. But going into the the weekend, they had, I think, 86 players, four short of the 90 that they want. So they're probably going to be adding some more. This is one to that number. So what did you think when you saw this one? I I liked it. I I Actually, I talked about this with uh, Malik Wright on my show. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember what day it was. but um, And I asked Malik, I said flat out, I said, what does this mean? Does this mean that uh, Trey Hopkins is really not that close to being start to, to start the season and they really don't like Billy Price or, or what do you what do you think and 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 he, he was pretty much thinking that that Trey Hopkins is going to be the, the center but it, it, why, why would because I would think they would pick up I mean yes he's a center he could probably, probably play guard but Adenogy is the guy that they needed to replace and Adenogy was a guard tackle you know this uh, Gilliard is probably a center slash guard so you're, right. you're helping out there so it was kind of a, a, a I was kind of wondering I'm not. I'm never going to be upset for them adding depth. I will never be upset with that. I was just uh, curious that they add an, another center and not a guard slash you know tackle. But I, I think it's a good one. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. But I'm just curious what that means for Trey Hopkins and what they feel about uh, Billy Price. Yeah. So uh, he, he was a sixth round draft pick out of the Cardinals. Guyard was two seasons in Arizona, played in 13 games, made, as I mentioned, two starts last year. Pro Football Focus graded him with a 48.1 for his appearances in 2020. That's a little bit of a yikes. But, um, you know, again, depth, emergency, and potentially even a training camp body as Trey Hopkins continues to come back and and, uh, do what he needs to do after that late, late season knee injury. And um, Yeah, we have to remember, Trey Trey got hurt the last game of the season. So, I mean, it's – I will be surprised if Trey is ready to go opening day. I, I will be because that that's that's a very fast turnaround to to do what he what, the rehab from from the last game of the season to being ready to go at the beginning of the season. So we'll we'll see what happens. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Continuing on here, the Bengals also ho- uh, are going to host center Austin Ryder. So they are looking for center help mm-hmm. uh, in some form or another. Uh, Ryder is a guy, from what I understand, listening to some some folks who were around him in Kansas City. Um, I believe he was not so great in the run game, but able in pass protection as a st- starting center. He's a guy, though, unfortunately was, you know, the Chiefs have completely overhauled their offensive line after what happened in that Super Bowl. So um, they are, you know, they've moved on from Austin Ryder. And uh, as of today, he's supposed to be visiting with the team today being Monday. So you can see here from Tom Pelissero, um, he started for Kansas City the past two seasons, including both Super Bowls. So you've got a lot of big game experience here. Uh, again, I, I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, even if it's just kind of depth and or emergency situation, should Hopkins not be where he needs to be? And then of course, you know, you've got some questions at the guard spots. We think Quentin Spain's going to man the other uh, one on the left side. We think Jackson Carmen's going to man the other on the right, but you've got a rookie and a guy who has had a little bit of ups and downs. He, he looked pretty good with the Bengals last year in Spain, but there's some competition there. I don't know if guard is really in the cards for Gaillard or Ryder, but again, they're, they're kicking tires on guys. Yeah, absolutely. Again, again, I have no problem with adding depth. I, I love it, especially a guy with, with his, I won't say pedigree, but just the games he's played. He's played in two, two Super Bowls. That's, that's hard to, to, to beat just to have him on your team to help, the younger guys, you know, if he comes here and he's a backup, that's that's good just in general right there to have his knowledge and, and know-how of, of what to do as far as the position goes. And, again, it's what's it going to hurt if he wants to come in here and, and sign a one-year contract or whatever and, you know, try to make the team, makes the team great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, again, we need offensive line and we need offensive line depth. And that was more as shown a ton last year of how depth throughout the whole team is is a huge and again the more the more uh help you get the better so we're seeing some comments here about i'm worried about hopkins our, our buddy brian in iowa uh he said seems concerning regarding hopkins jamie craig said i i, I hope billy price has made some progress so i want to start with the first comment here because the, the a, actually we have a little um tweet here from Lindsay patterson friend of the show who put in here a quote by Zach Taylor. Trey Hopkins is fully cleared by Zach Taylor. This was today at luncheon. So, you know, I know there's a lot of concerns about, hey, what's going on with Trey Hopkins, but uh, he's cleared. He's cleared to go, which is a big, big step. That's huge. Um, Now, now what that means in terms of his practice volume and all of that, that remains to be seen. But as of now, it seems as if we're not going to be seeing rehab field work or any of that stuff with um, with Trey Hopkins. Now, the bigger question is what Jamie Craig and we've pinned here is I hope Billy Price has made some progress. I, I these moves almost point a little bit more to Billy Price, right? Than right. Trey Hopkins, given the news that Lindsey Patterson mm-hmm. relayed from Zach Taylor that Trey Hopkins is ready to go. That's and I, I know I don't want to pile on the guy, I, I've yeah. been rooting for the guy to be successful, but uh, that these two visits or moves or whatever, Ryder and Gaillard kind of point a little bit more to Billy Price to me than Trey Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, not not that I see that tweet. Yes, it, it sounds like uh, Billy Price is is in trouble. And again, if you can add a guy to your team, even a backup who started uh, two Super Bowls, that's good. I don't, you know, just for the impact alone on the team, you know, as far as big game scenarios and stuff like that, just to have that 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 kind of uh, veteran uh, presence as your backup is great. And the thing is, if you get, you add two of them, 
that they're probably going to play. They they could probably play guard. So the only thing that concerns me though is we still don't have a another backup tackle. I mean, we got Fred Johnson, um, Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Michael Jordan is a as a tackle. I mean, who else would be our backup tackle? Is a, kind of what I'm kind of wondering right now. Well, that's that remains to be seen. Um, but uh, we'll we'll see. But the Bengals are not at least not totally content with where their roster is at. They do have some open roster spots to get the, that, that 90 mark and they're, they're doing their due diligence. Um, I would assume they're probably also going to be looking on the defensive side of the ball, namely at edge rush or linebacker or yeah, something yeah. like that because of the Huber, Hubert injury and uh, what, what's going on there well, quickly. One thing, too, one, one, thing too, one thing too, Anthony, this is, this is also good for, for just the general, uh, the national media, how the Bengals don't do anything. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. Right, they're right. doing stuff. They're right. constant. I mean, the last two years has been the exact opposite. They are doing something to try to help this team. So that I love that about this about this team. I love it that they're trying to get guys in. I love that guys want to come here. You know, they're not just using the Bengals to go to get a better deal somewhere else. They want to come here. That that gets me fired up right there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We've been talking about the Sam Hubbard extension. We talked a little bit about this. Uh, in terms of Jesse Bates, I assume that Jesse Bates in a contract there will, unless the Bengals are completely, you know, I don't know, they're, they're just not on the same page as uh, Jesse Bates. I assume that this is going to get done, and I assume that if it does not get done, that at least Bates would be franchise tag next year. But this is from Laurel Fowler, uh, who was also at the lunch and local media member that she relays in an interview with Duke Tobin that when he was talking about Sam Hubbard's extension, he said he would like to get something similar done for Jesse Bates. I think the quote was, we'll see. And then, of course, the masses ended up kind of freaking out about, we'll see. What does that mean? That's not good enough. But, I mean, (laughs) I I think he's playing things a little close to the vest there. But, Jeff, it appears that, of course, Jesse Bates is now next on deck for this team. And they love to do this, man. They love to do it. They love to get their core players signed in the summer prior to them hitting free agency because they get them locked up, they get a little more team friendly deal. And the players also, it's not just about the Bengals side of things. The players have to be a bit relieved that they've got their contract situation settled and they don't have to worry about that, worry about how they're playing in a contract year, that sort of thing. It's all settled. Exactly. I mean, and most of the time, I mean, how many, I'll put it this way. How many times have we come to the beginning of training camp, the first week of training camp, and they, they signed these guys. I mean, AJ Green oh, signed, Mixon signed, now Hubbard signed. I, I have I have no worries that they're going to sign Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates wants to be here. You know, he he's becoming one, one of the leaders of the defense. I, I'm I'm not worried about it at all. I, I think they're going to get it done. And it's just this is when the Bengals get this done. They just I don't know why, but this is the time of year that they resign their own guys. And my esteemed co-host John Sheeran put out a good tweet yesterday, something to the effect of. Um, you know, basically there's a reason that Sam Hubbard and Jesse Bates were one of the six or seven players that were featured in the Jersey unveiling on the, yes. you know, the photo shoot and all that kind of stuff. They have long-term plans for these guys. So, Absolutely. and the same with the uniforms being ordered. They only had a handful of uniforms and now they specifically ordered the, their numbers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really worried about it. I, I want, I want to add on to that. And that, that's another thing because, uh, people keep talking about Thad Moss. Well, if you remember when they, they put the uniforms out with the, the big free agents, that they signed and did this back in the beginning of the, of the summer. Thad Moss, 81, was on that list. So people keep asking me about, you think Thad Moss is going to make the team? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they tweeted him out as one of the big free agents they signed. He's going to make the team. That's the same thing as like John was yeah. just saying about 
having these guys, you know, on the new stripes. Yeah, there was another a uh, another picture that was tweeted out. I think at the FC Cincinnati game where it was Burrow and Hubbard yes. and uh, Moss, and I, I can't remember who the other person was. Was it Boyd? Maybe that was with. I can't remember who was I with them was, as well. But yeah, I, I saw the picture. I can't remember who. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of a telling image there. But uh, <laughs> quickly here, this is. Uh, from our buddy Dalton, uh, who does awesome graphic design work. Yes, he does. Great work. Yeah, a great guy. Awesome uh, design work. He made a little creation with a Mike Brown quote. And for better or worse, Jeff, we talked about some of the offensive line additions <laughs> here. Uh, our offensive line is going to surprise people. I think we have an off- excellent offensive line coach. Was a quote from Mike Brown at the luncheon today um here's my thing i don't think he's wrong i don't well i don't think he's wrong about improvement and the excellent offensive line coach Mm -hmm. my only worry my only hesitancy is that we've been down this road before my my man we've been down here like you know the past three or four seasons hey we we like this offensive line better than all of you do we like we think they're better than than you guys think on the outside and what's happened they, they have not performed up to snuff. Now, Jackson Carmen, Riley Reef, they added Gaillard. I mean, they've brought back Quentin Spain. So they've done some things this offseason, maybe not moving the needle to the extent that a lot of people think. But um, what you what'd you think when you saw this quote? I, I agree. I agree with part of it. Like I said, I think we have an excellent offensive line coach. I don't know if our offensive line is going to be excellent. I do think it's going to surprise some people. So I, do, I guess I do agree with the, the, the quote. The, the difference for me this year – or let's just go back to, to last year. I never thought Turner was a very good offensive line coach. I just, I just didn't. I, you know, I, he, he never shown any – the line never showed any improvement whatsoever. I wasn't sold on him. I wasn't sold on the guys that they, they had. They had a lot of young guys on the offensive line to start last year. This year, we've got veteran guys on there. I mean, General Williams, like it or not, whatever you want to say about injured injury prone, which I think last year if we're in the playoffs, he, he still plays. He's coming into his third season. You got Trey Hopkins, who looks like he's going to play now. He's an established center. You got Spain, who I, I really like Quentin Spain a lot. I think he came in and played very, very good for the Bengals in multiple, multiple positions last year. He, they even put him at tackle last year, and he did okay. Not great. He did, he did okay. But I think he's a really good guard. I think he, in his one-year prove-it deal, I think he's going to have an excellent year. Riley Reef, uh, what he gave up, what, two 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 sacks, three sacks last year, something like that. That's an improvement o- over anything we've had over there at tackle in a, in a while. And I'm not trying to put – saying Frank Pollock is the greatest offensive line coach ever, but he is very, very close to being in that upper echelon of considered, not by guys like me or you, other people who are offensive line gurus or whatever, as to be an excellent offensive line coach. And I, I think that, to me – is the move of the of the offseason getting Frank Pollock back and getting him to be the run uh, coordinator. So, again, I don't think we're going to be a awesome offensive line. I think we're going to be an adequate offensive line. And, honestly, that's all we need because with this offense that we have, I think we're going to put 25, 30 points a game. So, again, our offensive line doesn't have to be great. It has to be at least average. You know, if we're aver- we haven't been, a- we haven't been a- average in – five years <laughs> something like that and if our defense is average we're gonna we're gonna win some games it's gonna be fun to watch this year but I, I'm, I'm very excited about the offense line that mindset is kind of what i was 
talking about with the defense. I think yeah. if you're if you're middle of the road yeah. offensive line performance wise, metrics wise, right. I think if you're middle of the road in all the major statistical categories on defense, I think this team could push for the playoffs. I really do. If 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 health obviously is is still yes. if, if yes. the Bengals are on the right side of that thing. Um, which they have not been, but if they're on the right side of that thing, I think they could push for the playoffs quickly. Question from Brian in Iowa. Why did Callahan put up with Turner? Shouldn't we all, or he have known better? Um, I, I mean, the relationship between Zach Taylor and Jim Turner, there's, there's a familial relationship there. So I, I think there was just a built-in loyalty that allowed Jim Turner to stick around longer than, than it was. Unfortunately, both the Anna Rumo signing and the Jim Turner signing were kind of, not the most popular among a lot of different people. Unfortunately for Anna Rumo, it's not, it's not fully on Lou because he was like the sixth choice or something. Yeah. Uh, Cause the Bengals were rumored to be wanting Jack Dorio and Dom Capers and all these guys. And they lot kept losing out or getting thanks, but no thanks types of things. And so Anna Rumo was down the pecking order. And then the Bengals were behind the eight ball because of timing um, with Zach Taylor play, uh, coaching in the Super Bowl and whatnot. Well, two things. Um, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. You yeah. said, he said he, he's loyal. That, that's a lot uh, like Mike Brown is, too. Yep. Mike Brown is loyal to a fault. I think Zach Taylor sometimes is, is loyal to a fault, too. And just get, getting to, to, to Lou, he, he to, everybody has to remember, he took over a historically, and you can look up the numbers, a historically bad defense. I mean, they had nothing. <laughs> we had an agent Geno Atkins, and we had an agent Carlos Dunlap. Other than that, what else do we have on the defense? So, I mean, it was a, a big undertaking that Lou – had to take it. I don't think a lot of these other guys wanted to do it. That's that's another reason why people got they got turned down too. I think. Yeah, we've got a little bit more to get to. We're we're trying not to run too long, but this has been a lot of fun talking with Jeff Trenopole of Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice. We've got some more Bengal news to get to. We've got some AFC North news to get to, and then some some rest of the NFL. Jeff, are you are you still okay on time? Hanging yeah, out with you? Okay, yeah, cool. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I know you've got a show coming up a little bit later today, too, so everybody tune yep. in to that. Uh, very nice compliment here from Stuart Monty, by the way. Great pair up. I love these two shows. I, I assume meaning our two. Um, so. So. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's what you but Hopefully he's not talking about somebody else. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, those, those other guys, the ones behind you. <laughs> Uh, before we get to, to some more uh, Bengals news and, and whatnot, we want to talk to you about Symbol. I don't know if you are familiar with Symbol, Jeff, but uh, they are par- a partner of our show, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It is the stock market for sports. And if you go to symbol.app backslash OBI, you get a $10 deposit bonus. Well, what does that even mean? What does the deposit bonus go to? Well, if you like to play the stock market, if you like to play fantasy football, if you like to do any of that stuff, the sim- symbol is the stock market for sports. So you can go on there and you can invest in sports teams. Maybe you're feeling pretty good about the Bengals at this point. A lot of people have because the price per share of that team since we partnered with symbol has gone up quite a bit, but it's still pretty affordable and there's still money to be made on the Bengals. The Reds kind of keep teasing. I know uh, Jeff knows quite a bit more about that than I do in terms of how they are teasing its fan base, but the Reds, they've been a scrappy team this year. Uh, college football is around the bend, so you can invest in a lot of different teams, not just the Cincinnati Bengals, but it is the stock market for sports. I highly recommend if you are a fantasy football player, if you are a sports better, if you do survival football, you got to be involved in what Symbol is doing. And it's not just uh, a seasonal thing, really. Uh, I mean, the sports are played seasonally, but 
this is a long-term thing. You can go in there, invest your money, and uh, you can, you could potentially make money off of the teams that you are passionate about. And uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So go to simbull.app backslash OBI. We, uh, you get that $10 deposit bonus when you put in the promo code OBI, of course, short for Orange and Black Insider. So go check that out. Good stuff from Symbol. We've enjoyed the partnership there, and we look forward to working with them down the road. And Jeff, I want you to remind folks where to go. I'm going to pull this up for your show. This is the Absolutely. YouTube channel that I'm going to share here in case they are not familiar with it. And what you've got coming down the pike once again on your show in the in the near future here. Absolutely. It's called Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice. All you got to type in for YouTube is Sports With, and it should pop up. Go to the, go there, hit the uh, word for subscription, subscribe, hit the bell for notification. I'm also on uh, I do a podcast, which is the same show. It's just the audio version of it. I'm on BeanPod, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your bo- podcast. I go live every day, Monday through Friday at 5.30. Today on the show, I have Matt Ritchie from the Bengals uh, season ticket office. He'll be talking about the uh, spring training to, to get back together again this Saturday uh, that uh, I, well, I was planning on going. I'm still planning on going, but you know, you know how when things happen, cool things happen. They always happen at the same time. Well, my son is getting married. But oh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. Not, not this Saturday, but this Saturday we're having the uh, wedding shower. Gotcha. And it's at our house. <laughs> okay. And I thought the, the training camp was at like early in the morning. No, it's at three o'clock in the afternoon. And this wedding shower is at five o'clock. So I, I am the king of, I am the grill master. So I have to be back to help my Mrs. Ice and set the tables up and grill the food out and everything. Yeah, so of course I'm planning on going. I just don't know how long it's going to be, but Matt Ritchie will be on my show today talking about that and other uh, th- things that the Bengals have coming up here this season with the season tickets, the ring of honor, stuff like that. Uh, tomorrow's show, I got the orange arrow. You, you've had on your show last week. I think he's been on my show a couple of times. Talk about his fantasy uh, football charity event, which is great. Which you got, if you guys have not gotten on to arrows fantasy league, please get onto it. He's got it pinned to the top of his uh, Twitter page because you want to go on there. Cause I'm going to dominate. I'm just telling you right now. I'm completely kidding. I suck at, um, the fantasy uh, football, but I just like talking yeah, trash. I finished like completely last place last year. <laughs> yeah, I just I just like talking trash about it. And then also tomorrow's show I got uh, from the athletic Paul Gainer Jr. Jr. So that's a pretty good start to the week. Yeah, good stuff. Paul's Paul's a great great guy and great uh, listen as well. So uh, and and then real quick, you got the the hat, the lid there, yes. uh, yep. Jackpot Joey, right? Jackpot Joey Burrow. Go uh go check him out. Go to the Jackpot Joey Burrow Facebook page. Uh, they got hats. We got shirts. As you can see, where is it? There's a shirt behind me. Uh, you got uh, long sleeve ones. Uh, they got women's. I don't think he has any children yet, but a couple of different hats. The the hat the shirts are dry fit. They're awesome shirts. Go check them out. That all the uh, not all, but portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation. So again, go cool. to the Jackpot Joey Burrow Facebook page, and you can message them there. And Maddie Myers will take care of you because that's it's his baby. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. That's awesome. And I am, since I am the king of the segue here, we're going to get to some Joe Burrow stuff. All right, my boy. Yeah, Joey B. Unfortunately, one of the things I had queued up has has since been taken down by Bengals media. There was a nice video of Joe Burrow on the Bengals' official Twitter account throwing a nice ball to Jamar Chase at practice today, but they have since taken that down for some reason. Not really sure what happened there, but uh, if you are so inclined, go to Cincy Jungle's Instagram. You can be able to, you'd be able to see the video and check it out there on the, on the story. Uh, What's that? I said, what is it again? I'll go look it up. It's uh, yeah. At Cincy Jungle on, (laughs) on Instagram, go check it out. Uh, But here is the good news. We've had a little bit of bad news in terms of injuries and all that kind of stuff with white Huber and whatnot, but Joe Burrow is also fully cleared. And now there is a quote that we may not be seeing him in the preseason. Some people may be absolutely ecstatic about that. Some people may be, Hey, that's fine. Some people may be a little bit hesitant about that. Um, Maybe put me in the latter two camps combined. Um, But I am in the very first camp about him being fully cleared. So good news about Joe Burrow, Jeff. Yes. I I am ecstatic about it. Cause we've been talking about this on my show. Yeah, ever since he got hurt, and my co-host Jeremy D kept going, "Well, man, it's gonna be a long time. I don't know if he's gonna come back for beginning of the season." Yada yada. I'm like, "Dude, he's, he'll be back." I said, "I said because I kept putting it this way: when Carson Palmer got hurt, he got hurt in the last game of the season, literally the last game of the season, the, pre- uh, the playoff game, and he came back first game of the season in 05. That was in 05. This is 2021. So I said, "Yeah, I think Joe Burrow's gonna be back game one." I did not think he'd be back for the beginning of training camp, not alone OTAs. And I, so I'm completely ecstatic about this. I personally do not want to see him in a preseason game. Now I would not be surprised if I do see him in one, because if you remember his last press conference of OTA said he wouldn't mind coming in for a series to knock the rust off. So I would not be surprised if we do see him in for a series in one of the games. But like I said, he didn't have any preseason last year, and he looked pretty damn good. So I'm okay with him not playing in the preseason, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Either way, this is huge for the Bengals. He's coming back, and it looks like he is close to 100% as he can be. Well, I mean, we won't really know until the games actually start. We'll see him move around, you know. Game speed is different than practice, yada, yada, yada. Either way, for him to come back and be ready to go is – one, a testament to him and to his will to get back and his will to win. And I just think it's it, that's going to fire this team up and project propel us into a very, very, very fun, very rewarding season. Well, you got to know that these players have been watching him rehab and the way he's Absolutely. been attacking that rehab process. So that in itself is, you know, something that I'm sure resonates through that locker room. And then the direct quote via Ben baby of ESPN, one of our buddies there has yep. also uh, mentioned that basically it was a quote from Mike Brown saying they quote, probably won't be putting Joe Burrow out there to start the season um, to not risk anything with him. I see the logic in, oh, yeah. I see the logic in not rushing him out there. I see the logic in maybe giving him some extremely limited playing time because, you know, he he uh, did not – I mean, he didn't finish the season last year. And, and the, the additional caveat to it, it's not just that he didn't finish the season last year, Jeff, but he didn't have a preseason last year. Right, he didn't right, have a full right. training camp last year. Mm-hmm. He's got new faces with him this year. And, and I think all of that kind of now points to, well, this is why – 
the Bengals went with a guy that Joe Burrow is familiar with at number five overall. They wanted right, to get right. a guy that he is comfortable with so that any type of growing pains will be limited for both of those guys. Um, at least that's, that's, I, that's not the biggest reason, but I think it is a reason. That no, you Uno is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Him and Joe Burrow. I, I mean, from what, what uh, Jamar said in OTAs, it took him a little while, but they picked right back up where they left off. Like nothing happened. So that's, that's right there. And I can, like I said, I, I'm with you. I could, I could see it both ways. I'm more, I'm okay. If he doesn't play in the preseason, because like I said, he didn't last year. He looked pretty good without it. Yes, it would help. And it would be nice when Joe Burrow, excuse me, jackpot Joey Burrow can have a regular normal off season where he's not coming in as a rookie and he's not coming in rehabbing. That'll be fun. But it is what it is, you know, and and is it worth it to take that chance of him getting hurt in the first preseason game, you know, a la Kajana Carter and who was never the same or let him let him play. And I'm I'm if they put him for one season or one series. I'm OK. If they don't start him until the season starts, I'm OK with that, too. Yep. Well, just, just a little quick, a little quick deviation. We're talking mostly. Joe Burrow here for the time being, but we did mention his name, Jamar Chase. In case you are a Madden football footballer, I find very little time to get any kind of video games <laughs> in anymore. Um, but basically here, this is from James Rapine of all Bengals. Jamar Chase is not the top rated receiver, though he was the first receiver drafted. He is not the top receiver in the game. He has a 75 overall and Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle selected just after uh, Jamar Chase, he has the higher, um, he has a little bit of a higher rating in Madden 22, slightly above Jamar Chase at 75 overall. Kyle Pitts is the most, is the highest rated Madden guy uh, of the rookie class at 81, Trevor Lawrence 78, and then Waddle just above Jamar Chase at 76. So I don't, I mean. I, 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 honestly, Madden is was a little bit, after my time, I mean, I was in high school when Madden started coming out. I'm showing my age here, so I, I've never really – I mean, I like Madden. My son plays it. I'm not very good at it. But I'll take it this way. Maybe Jamar sees this as motivation. Like, all right, yeah. I'm not the best. Okay, I'll show you. And I, any motivation these guys can get, I'm, I'm count me in. I'm all for it. I'm with you. And this team seems to have uh, – seems to like that chip – that resides on some of these players' shoulders. Even even if they're drafted number one overall, number five overall, uh, they seem to still have this chip that resides on their shoulders. Maybe this is fuel to that fire. I don't know. Well, this was a big like, one. Go ahead. I was like, say, I was say Bengals fans, I, I feel. I, I have that chip on my shoulder. <laughs> as a, a Bengal fan, as a, you know, as, as doing a Bengals uh, you know, YouTube show slash podcast almost every day, I have a chip on, on my shoulders to try to prove all these naysayers wrong. You know, so right. I, I feel them. I'm. I'm with them on that. I mean, this chip on my shoulder is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, especially since I'm married to a beautiful woman who I love dearly, but she's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And oh, God. The Super Bowl. Okay. And in 24 years of marriage, her team's won, won the Super Bowl twice, and mine hasn't even won a playoff game. So trust me, this chip is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I can't <laughs> wait to go, ha, 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 We won. Yep. Put it in her, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, real – Real quick, this one was uh, this one was really interesting to me. Yes. Um, by the way, 
this this camp was just a little bit of an odd segue. This where this is being held, where Jordan Palmer has traditionally held this camp, is actually right down the way from where I live, which is kind of neat. Um, but Jordan Palmer, uh, we've talked about you know Joe Burrow's arm strength last year was the big point of contention in the draft, right? That was the deal. He he has all the intangibles. He's a winner. He has the stats, but the arm strength and the zip on the ball a little less than desirable for some pundits' tastes. Yeah, exactly. Um, now. This year, a lot of people are saying there's more zip on the ball. His deep ball looks better. All these things that he has seemingly worked on, a lot of us attribute it to a different workout regimen, hitting the weight room a little bit more. Something a little more than that, Jeff. Uh, Jordan Palmer, of all of all the people, Jordan Palmer, uh, helped <laughs> yep. Joe Burrow unlock his true arm talent is the, is the article on Cincy Jungle. And really what it is, it's they measured um, – like a lot of different mechanics and all of these to, to get a, a read on where his velocity was and some different tweaking by Palmer and company. I'm looking for some of the exact quote here. Here it is right here. This is from an article by the athletic uh, and Bruce Feldman J- quote, Joe is a machine. You got to give Joe a, a thing to chase, whether it's a team or a record, it's just a challenge. That's all he need. It's all he needs. He's so cerebral, and his ability to focus and be present is so incredible. He's not a guy you throw a ton of things at and try him out, and we'll see. You don't do gimmicky stuff with him, aka he doesn't. He, he reads through BS is kind of what I'm. Yeah. <laughs> what yep. I'm yep. what I'm getting he's from real. that. Yeah, real. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, he's like a computer. But basically, um, after a few days of training, here's the takeaway: after a few days of training, Palmer said Burrow was registering 54 miles per hour on his throws, which was, I think, about five or so miles per hour more, five or six miles per hour more than what he was doing before the quarterback camp, and that hopefully makes a big difference this year, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys like Uzama and, and T. Higgins were, were talking about it in OTAs that that he's got more zip on the ball. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with his footwork, too. I think I was reading, yeah. I don't know if it was, it was uh, Cincy Jungle or, or somewhere else. They were talking about, he, you know, it all starts, I mean, I'm the quarterback expert, but it, talk, it starts with your footwork. It's just like being a pitcher in Major League Baseball. If you don't have your, your legs in the right position to get your arms arm in the right slot, you know, then you're, it's, it's not going to work. So that, that's a lot of it is getting in his legs in the right position to get the most out of his arm. And if, if he can add five, six miles an hour to his ball, that's awesome. And, and to me, to, to do that on top of rehabbing his knee, dude, that's, that's remarkable right there. <laughs> to be a, right. Most, most people, I mean, cause he's coming back at the beginning of the season. Not only is he coming back for, for game one, he's also coming back, throwing the ball harder than he did before. Like, Dude, this this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> and then imagine imagine the velocity increase when that knee is one hundred percent. Right, right, right. And which exactly. it's not at this point. It's high. It's, he's up there. He's put it at eighty five or so percent. Right. Probably a, closer to ninety at this point since that quote hit. But right. yeah, that's a great point, man. Um, I mean, and we're not even talking about a at this point in time. Probably close to, but not a one hundred percent healthy knee for Joe Burrow. Imagine, imagine that. Um, could be good. Yep. <laughs> Could be really, yep. really good. <laughs> yep. The Joe Burrow hype is continuing and is real for sure. Absolutely. And continuing that, uh, he has kind of said a little bit of a similar thing on our show, not this direct, but Mike, Mike Daniels. Daniels. Oh, God, I love this guy. I love yeah. him. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for a guy who's only, you know, been, been here for on his second season here, he's, he's like one of my favorites, man. I love yes, this guy. Absolutely. Um, but basically he on NFL AM or good morning football, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Daniels did compare Joe Burrow to Aaron Rodgers, and, yep. uh, basically said, quote, you know what I say about Joe Burrow, man, that's like baby Aaron, uh, meaning Aaron Rodgers. You don't see many rookies step into a locker room and you could tell you would think he's a four-year vet if you didn't know who he was. To have that at the quarterback position, that means he has the right type of savvy, the right type of poise that you only see from guys like Aaron. I've been saying that since I've got here. I see a lot of similarities to the two, between the two. Um, and then, you know, t- talks a little bit more about that. On one of our interviews, I specifically vividly remember uh, Mike said that, to us that he called Joe Burrow quote young greatness um, was, was something that, that he labeled him. So pretty cool quote there by Mike Daniels making an, a, a parallel between Aaron right. Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Well, I'll go, go you one better. I know uh, last week when uh, Ken Anderson, you know, had got inducted to the, uh, the official officially into the Bengals ring of honor. And they got talking about Joe Burrow. He, Ken Anderson said that he thinks Joe Burrow, has a chance to be the greatest quarterback in Bengals history. And I, I agree with that. I know with this a lot, we're keeping on Joe Burrow and he's a young guy, but I don't think this stuff phases him. I think he's like, yeah, I am. And no, you know, it, it, it obviously doesn't. He wants to get more velocity on his football. Right. right. <laughs> and the, the, thing, the thing that's good about it, that's one thing I like about Joe. He, he's got, he's like, he's a cocky based confidence. And it's not, he, he's not a showboat, you know, he's not out there going, yeah, I am the best. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. He just goes, yeah, I'm good. I know. It's different, you know. How I don't know if I'm stressing that enough, but it's different for being cocky and confident. And he's just—I mean, he doesn't talk. But when you ask him a question, you know, how good you think you're going to be? Oh, I think we're going to be just fine. Yep. You know, that's just confident. It's different. Yeah. Do you remember the infamous quote a few years ago from Aaron Rodgers, where I think there was a whole deal? And by the way, we're going to talk more Aaron Rodgers in just a, a second here too on our way out. But um, do you remember the the, the relax? relax. Quote? Yeah, yep. relax. R e l a x. Relax. That's, that's and that that there's a lot of that. Yep. Yep. Similar. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I've got this. You don't yep. need to just. I've got it. I've got Relax. it. That's, that, that's, that's, good. that's like yeah, it. exactly. Exactly. Uh, thanks, Paul. Nice compliment from Paul. I step. I love both your shows. Uh, appreciate love that, it. man. Thanks, Paul. Uh, let's, Hey, let's, are you still all right on time? I know we're a little after an hour. Um, no, still I'm good. Right? I'm good. Okay. I, don't, I don't go out to five 30. I'm good. <laughs> all right. We're going to, we're going to hustle through these, uh, these last few, we are going to transition to the AFC North who a couple of the teams there have kicked off their training camps. Some have not. So we're going to get to that. And then a couple more NFL headlines and hop on out of here. But before we do, let's get to this one. I found this, I think it was on a USA today article. So Chandler Jones is wanting out of Arizona um, and other Baltimore Ravens stars, Lamar Jackson um, and, and others are trying to get, Chandler Jones to Baltimore. Chandler Jones to Baltimore would be very troubling for the for the from a Bengals perspective, but also Chandler Jones seems to be a guy that would fit very well to what Baltimore traditionally likes to do on defense. Now there are very limited, we talked about the Hubert injury, there are a very limited amount of options out there, especially effective options for the Bengals to potentially pursue. This may be an avenue, uh, maybe an expensive one. This may be an avenue. And then, of course, you've got Justin Houston still out there. How much does he have left in the tank? Uh, Melvin Ingram just signed with Pittsburgh, so that's no longer an option for the team there. But I thought this was pretty interesting in terms of what – 
you know, what's going on with Baltimore and they're doing the little lobbying to get Chandler Jones over there. Oh, absolutely. I, I, if I were the Bengals, I'm hoping they're knocking on his door, especially if Baltimore's trying to get him just a little shot at, at, at the rapper, just, just to take that guy from them. But yeah, I would definitely, I'd be all over that for the, for the Bengals. Do I see that happening? Mm, probably not, but I would, I would love, I would love it. Yeah. I, I well, I don't see it happening for the Bengals, but the Ravens have done things recently that it's kind of like the rich get richer. I mean, they, right. they did the Yannick and Gawkway deal. They, you know, they, they, who was it? Clay's Campbell was a guy they, they swung for as well. So, I mean, they've made moves and trying to push the chips to the table. So we'll, well see a lot, a lot of moves. I, I think, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I mean, I'll look at, if you look at the secondary help that they went and got, I think it has a lot to do with Joe Burrow. I don't think, I don't think it's, because that 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 bearded guy up in up in Cleveland for the clowns, I don't think it's because of him. I think it's I think they're scared. I think the AFC North is scared of Joe Burrow. I think they they know what's coming for him. I think if you look too at the past couple of draft classes, and maybe I'm just looking too far into it, but I said this around the draft time. The the divisional teams seem to be playing this chess match with who they've been selecting with with their respective picks. The Bengals have really loaded up on offense under Zach Taylor, especially with their top picks, their 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 upper round picks. Right. What has Cleveland done? A lot of defensive backs, mm-hmm. a lot of def- you know, they they've done a lot of different things to booster boost their defense and then of course, you know, the Ravens are doing some different things. It's kind of like this weird chess match and I guess that's right. kind of how it's got to be in one of if not the best division in football. You got to be able to to figure out a way to get through the division and win, win your division. Pete Z, by the way, uh, Jeff is awesome. I suck, but you're awesome. So, uh, uh, Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I agree. You are awesome. But yeah, let's, I let's, keep, let's keep rolling here. The Cleveland Browns unveiled a 75th anniversary throwback uniform. Did you see these? I, I did. You... I, yep, I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's kind of different, I guess. They got um, a number on their helmet. Wow. Yeah, the number on the helmet. Yeah. Uh, I think the jersey numbers are kind of cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, these are the, the throwbacks here. And this is on Dogs by Nature. You can also see it on the official Cleveland Browns uh, Twitter account as well. But uh, they did unveil some new uniforms there. I, I didn't see exactly when they're going to. I think they're only wearing this once this year. Is that right? Um, uh, you might be right on that. I, I I don't know. I just I just saw that they they have new ones. I wasn't sure when they were wearing them or not. Yeah, but it does pay uh, a nod to the franchise's inaugural season of 1946, of course, when Paul Brown, the founder of the Cincinnati Bengals, was still uh, part of that franchise, winning championships and all kinds of different stuff. So we may. I don't think it's been decided yet. I could be wrong about that as to when the Browns will be. Um, well, if they only do it one one time. I think it should be against us because you know, yeah, Paul Brown. I mean, yeah. if, if they're if, if they only do it one game, it should be at one the game, probably the, their home game, you know. But that's when if they're only doing it once, that's when I think it should be, and it would be wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if it was because, like you just said, that's Paul Brown's first year. I mean, he is the biggest member of both uh, both franchises, you know, the Clowns and the Bengals. Yeah, you, you got Paul. Paul Brown is the one thing that we we both have in common. So if they do yep. do it all in one game. I'm hoping they do it uh, get the game against us. I would agree. I think that's a good good idea. I didn't really necessarily think that deep about it, but yeah, that's a good point. Let's move on to Pittsburgh. Their rookies are dazzling at training camp, well, and this is by Michael Beck. I know. Uh, my, 
Michael Beck at, uh, at Behind the Steel Curtain, the SB Nation uh, Pittsburgh Steelers sister site to Cincy Jungle. Um, but hey, you know, I think Najee Harris, I think he's going to be a pretty good one. I hate to say that. No, I think he's going to be, yeah, be good. Be good. I, they just don't have an offensive line. And that's that's the thing that killed me. I mean, they the national media got mad at us. or not mad, but just ripped us for drafting Jamar Chase and not drafting Panay Soul. But the Steelers draft Najee Harris. Like, oh, that's a great move. Their yeah. offensive line is worse than the Bengals. Right. <laughs> right. Like, they get they get the pass, right? Right. That drives me nuts. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so the, the quote that they're referencing is from Albert Breer. Najee Harris is constantly working. I've seen a lot of videos. He's doing all kinds of different stuff. I think he's going to be a good player for them. Now, again, the offensive line issues, the aging roster around him, who knows what happens with that. But Pittsburgh usually finds a way to run the football. They know how to do that, and so they're they're going to try and do what they can there. They did sign Trey Turner after letting David DeCastro go, so um, they're trying to do some different things up front. And then Pat Fryermuth, their second-round pick, um, and by the way, I, I just have visions of Muth being every time he every time he catches a ball oh, or a touchdown. Yeah, like, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you hear that, you, you heard it from me first, I guess. I don't know, but... <laughs> Uh, but anyway, both of those guys are impressing there, um, so far at training camp. I think they're a handful of days in are the Steelers in their training camp. So they have been doing, uh, uh, some work for a handful of days there, but, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much you believe that or put stock into that, but it sounds like the rookies are doing pretty, pretty well so far. Well, it's, it's the squealers. I mean, they, they, they can do no wrong in the, in the national media. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to to what Malik Wright said on my show last week, and um, he's he thinks the the Bengals have a chance to sweep the Squealers because now I know you are the same boat that I am, and I, I I've picked us to to split with them because Tomlinson has never had a losing season, and I respect the hell out of that guy. He's a, he's a very good coach, but if you look on paper, just like Malik Wright said, you look on paper, and that's all we can look at right now, comparing the Bengals' talent to the Squealers' talent. I think the the Bengals got them beaten almost every every aspect of, of it. So I think there's a very good chance that the Bengals could sweep the Squealers. And the the national media just loves Pittsburgh. I mean, they can do no wrong. It, it's they can go draft a kicker in the first round and number round pick. I'm like, oh my god, that'd be great. He's gonna be the greatest kicker ever. I'm like, they really struggled right. in the kicking game last year, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know the, the 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 narrative with the it's just it's the national narrative. That unless we start winning more games, we're that's the only way we're going to be able to change this. And sweeping the squealers would help that. Yep. Speaking of squealers, uh, there's very few players who are, and we're doing a little more Steelers coverage than the other two teams because they have been doing, like I mentioned, training yeah. camp that has opened um, for them. So, uh, but few people are synonymous, I guess, with that moniker of the team name. Than Ben Roethlisberger, but he's <laughs> yes. this. This is on again behind the steel curtain, the SB Nation sister site of the Pittsburgh Steelers to Cincy Jungle. Ben Roethlisberger shoulders responsibility of teaching and what it means to play for the Steelers. So an interesting, uh, interesting article here. Quote: This is, I, I think, again from Albert Breer that they are referencing. It's not about proving anything. It's about love of the game and love of this team in this city, and feeling like I still got it. I can't really call it a job. I understand that it is, but I can't call it a job because it's what I love to do. It's fun. That's what keeps me coming back. Quote, I think my goal in all this and all the years and all the experiences I have is to do the best I can to pass down Steeler tradition and Steeler history, what it means to wear the black and gold. 
that's what I try and do every day. Just let these guys know what it takes and what it means and what's expected of you when you put this jersey on every day. A little bit more about uh, his love for the franchise and love for the fan base, etc. Um, you know, I, I kind of get, I know I'm getting a little <laughs> nauseous myself, but I mean, hey, you know, if you are a Steeler fan, you got you got to just you know be just absolutely in love with these quotes. And um, <laughs> right. I, I do, you know, being being a Bengals fan and covering the Bengals, I obviously I'm not a Ben Roethlisberger fan. Um, I respect what he has accomplished in his football career. Um, he's been he's been a very accomplished player. Um, you know, and this this whole thing this year, this offseason, remember, is he going to come back? Is he going to take the pay cut? He did. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he did that to, to stay and try and help the team. And we've seen Tom Brady do that, take a little bit of a lesser contract or a, a little bit of hit of on the money side of things to be able to win a championship. And you could argue that Ben did that this year. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to I mean, you, like you said, you have to respect the kind of career that that Ben has had. And, and I do. I mean, I don't root for him and I don't care about them because it's the squealers and any chance we have a chance to beat them, I love it. But yeah, I mean, and, but the thing is, if you look at that, he's trying to teach the young guys. To me, that's that's saying, all right, unless you guys step up, we ain't got no shot because <laughs> we don't have any, and we don't have that much that talent of a, talented of a team. I mean, other than Najee Harris, you're gonna run Juju Smith. I mean, what offensive weapon do they have that's scary? I mean, I, you know, I bet does Ben scare you anymore? I mean, he could, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm never going to say they're going to have a bad season. I, I, I hope they do because, like I said, Tomlinson has never had a losing season. Rollsberger is a winner no matter how much I can't stand the man. They are a winning franchise. It's going to be hard to beat them no matter how talented they are or not. I think the Bengals can beat them this year. I think we will beat them. Like I said, I got a, a splitting, splitting this, the, the season series with them. But it's going to be interesting to, to see what kind of team the Squealers have because I don't think they have much. I, I think to that's what what you're saying there makes sense. I think also there's a little bit of, hey, I'm not going to be here much longer. Right. Um, so, you know, I, we, we got to make sure these young guys that we're bringing in understand the quote-unquote Steeler way. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that's part of it. But to your point, I think Ben is still an effective player. I think he can, you know, obviously they're winning games and all kinds of different things. But I think the one element that I think has he has lost at this point in his career, as opposed to where he was at the prime of his career, do you remember how many times he would drop back to pass? And especially against the Bengals, they would get their best – Defensive lineman, the hands all over him, bringing him to the ground. Trying Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, all these guys, and they just slid right off him. And he would run around and play backyard football and make big completion. That's the one element I have not seen from Ben the last like two seasons. Well, it happened him. last year. Yeah, I mean, it happened. Lawson was on his feet, and he <laughs> right to Denver the one time, but not, but not to to the extent that it used to be. Right, right. I just I haven't seen that the same the same way. That I saw it maybe back in 2010, 2012, right. you know, um, that's the one element I think has, that's been lost a little bit, but uh, he is trying to still maintain that leadership role within the Steelers as expected. Let's get to a little bit more broad NFL news and then bounce on out of here. We are going longer. This has been a hell of a lot of fun talking with Jeff Trenopole of Cincinnati sports with strawberry ice. Happy to have him with us. And uh, sounds like a lot of you are as well, which is awesome. A lot of the listeners and live chatters are uh, paying a lot of good compliments to, to you, Jeff, which is awesome because awesome, you, you have a, you have a great, uh, great program there. Appreciate the, it. Make, sure you guys, make sure you guys subscribe. <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, 
Aaron Rodgers. This whole thing is, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Uh, he wasn't going to play. He was, he was not, he was gone. He was not going to play. He was so upset and all this. Oh yeah, he's coming back to the Green yeah. Bay Packers this year. Now, the only reason I really want to spend any kind of time on this is because of Week Five. Yeah. Week Five is when the right. Bengals host the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. and we maybe thought Jordan Love was in the cards, and that seemed like a very winnable game at that point for the Bengals. This maybe now seems a lot tougher. If in fact this is what's happening, but Aaron Rodgers appears to be back for Green Bay, and apparently we'll be starting against the Bengals in Week Five. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I uh, never thought he was leaving. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I uh, in my my season predictions, which I think I, I brought that up last time you were on my show. I got us going eleven and six, but I got us losing to to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers I thought was going to be back, but the Bengals have actually done halfway decent against Aaron Rodgers uh, in the past. So it's not necessarily a given that we're going to lose, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised at all. I really did not think, I don't know why I just, I didn't think he was going in right. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I just got feeling. I didn't think, I didn't think he was going anywhere. I don't think anybody was going to give them enough to, 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 to trade for him. I mean, you're talking one, if not the greatest quarterback in the league right now, you know, but you know, at least two top two or three, right? You just don't trade that guy, you know. I don't care what it is. I mean, if because if Aaron Rodgers is on the Packers, they're a Super Bowl contender. If Jordan loves your, your quarterback, they're probably not making the playoffs. So that's right. that's how big a key Aaron Rodgers is to the Packers. That's why not to toot my own horn, but I always thought he was gonna he was gonna stay. So a lot of people are also have been noting that Jordan Love, especially last year, was really struggling to grasp a lot of things within the offense. Um, the thing I want to share here is this uh, this quote I almost all, all the way highlighted. Uh, the shift in tone, this just blows my mind, the shift in tone between the two sides is a result of ramped up communication with the season nearing. So, I mean, it's like this has been going on for months and it's like, oh, by the way, the season's actually starting, so let's talk now. It's like, what? I don't, I don't understand that. But uh, I don't. I always feel like Aaron Rodgers like the attention, you know, is yeah. he going to stay? Is he not going to stay? Is he going to go to jeopardy? Is he going to do this? You know, all, all summer, all off season, we talked about Aaron Rodgers and maybe he liked it. Maybe he just liked being his name being mentioned and stuff all the time. I, I don't know. The other quarterback or another quarterback in the league that is having some uh, issues with his team and other stuff happening is yeah. Deshaun Watson. I don't want to go into a lot of details with that because it's pretty ugly and we've talked yeah. about it on, and it's all yet to play out, but uh, he, after not wanting to be with the Texans ends up reporting to camp, but the Texans are apparently listening to offers for him. Uh, now what that would net based on all the different stuff going on with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. These last two stories are on NFL.com. You can check them out, but um, Watson is back at Texans camp, but the team is listening to, to trade offers for him. So I don't know, man. Yeah, that, that, that'd be interesting. Cause I mean, if you're willing to deal with, you know, what he's got going on, you probably could get him pretty cheap. I mean, I think the Texans are just trying to get rid of them. So, I mean, if you're willing to take a chance on, what he has, you know, going on off the field, um, it would be worth it because he's a hell of a quarterback. But that, that that's, you know, that, that'll be definitely di- interesting, an interesting story to keep an eye on to see what exactly happens with uh, Deshaun and the uh, Texans. Yeah, and obviously, you know, both those, I mean, way, way of lesser 
importance, you know, for fantasy yeah. football teams, for those right. those folks and all that stuff too. Um, right. You know, that all has an impact there. Uh, this is now, I don't really like talking too much about this kind of stuff, um, but I think this is important um, that Frank, the, yeah. the news that Frank Reich, Colts head coach tested positive for COVID-19. And it's really the last three words of that ESPN headline, despite being vaccinated. And the reason I I think that's important is not because of, you know, whatever other talking points that people want to get into on that. But from a football perspective, Jeff, the league has come out and said, you know, if, if there's an outbreak, there's a potential forfeiting games, the NFLPA is, is really pushing um, players to get vaccinated if they haven't been all that kind of stuff. But Here's the thing. I guess my question would be, how does the league handle if there is an outbreak that stems from a vaccinated person um, that and if there is a forfeiture that is going to be down the road for a team and it but it stems from a vaccinated person? That's that's kind of a thing where you go, well, how do you how do you handle that one? I don't know. Um, But this is this is kind of something that hit a lot of major news outlets today. Uh, Frank Reich testing positive for COVID-19 and he is going to be away from the team as they open up training camp. Yeah. And he, uh, he's supposed to be, uh, uh, asymptomatic too, from what, what, right. I, what I've read, but yeah, that is a very good, a good point there is cause they've been pushing and pushing, uh, so much so that they're going to find teams and players if they don't get, uh, vaccinated. And now that this is coming out that he got uh, the COVID-19 despite being vaccinated, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, because, he did what what you wanted him to do, and he still got it. And just you know, it's a very interesting thing. I, I I don't to me, if he did everything he's supposed to do and he still got it, then they're going to have to 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 either if it's a multiple breakout, you're going to have to try to move move games around or or something because it's not the players or the person's fault. I mean, if they did everything they possibly could do to not get it and they still got it, what are they going to do? You can't you know. To me, it just I don't know. I don't yeah. think you, you you forfeit games, but it's a very interesting thing. Hopefully, we won't have that problem. You know, uh, hopefully, this is only a you know a isolated incident. Um, but you never know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is a, a, a fluid situation we're, we're dealing with here. Zach Taylor did mention at the luncheon that the Bengals, the team, the coaches, all of that are at about ninety percent or maybe even more in terms of vaccinations throughout the club. So. Hopefully this isn't something the Bengals have to worry about. And look, this wasn't, this isn't, you know, to say one thing or the other about anything like that. It's right. more from a football perspective about, absolutely, you know, how, how's the league going to handle something right. like this? If there's mm-hmm. just kind of this nuanced situation. So um, interesting stuff there. We've got one little piece of Bengals news that we're going to get to before we do. Um, Aaron, the, kind of an interesting article here, CBS sports. I always like to do this because they put out these kind of, think pieces, if you will. Um, and they do kind of some nine surprise summer trade. Uh, this is from a couple of days ago. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, that one's a little bit outdated now based on the news we just shared, but right. Melvin Gordon, uh, that's another one Broncos uh, and a lot. Alan Robinson, that would be an interesting one. I think he's on the franchise tag at this point in time. Uh, a center Connor McGovern from the jets, Robert Quinn, a pass rusher. Maybe that's one that the Bengals maybe explore a trade. He kind of had a disappointing year last year. Stephon Gilmore and a lot of others, a lot of other defensive backs. So interesting, um, interesting article there. And then this came across. Thank you to the Orange Arrow for giving us a little bit of a heads up in the live chat for this last break. I'm breaking Bengal news on Uh this show before we bounce on out of here, Jeff. 
The Bengals have signed free agent wide receiver Reese Horn, so they are ah. continuing to round out their roster. Um, it looks as if that may have been of the uh, Alliance Football League. Yeah, or I think that's what the arena. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I got to check Alliance. that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're gonna give they're gonna give him a shot and a couple looks in the preseason um, to to do some different things. And uh, crowded position group though is the wide receiver group I, for the Bengals. That's that's dude. I, I I like like again like I said before in the show. I want competition. I want, you know, depth. And again, the Bengals are not stopping on trying to improve their team. Yeah. Reese Horn, he might not make the team, but so what? It's still another body. It's still competition. It's still competition is what you want. That breeds championships. So if you've got people competing for spots all the time and, and, and we have depth, which is, we, as we know, we need depth. These are all good things. Again, Great job by the Bengals picking this guy up. Yep. So breaking news across the wire there, Reese Horn. Go to Bengals.com to read a little bit more about him. We're going a little long. We wanted to at least break the news, but um, we won't go too far into that. We'll talk more about that acquisition a little bit later. But like you said, the Bengals still are looking at some punt return options. They're still looking at some back-end roster depth, training camp bodies, preseason bodies, that sort of thing. So um, the move in a lot of different ways makes sense. Let's bounce on out of here. This is the longest water cooler chat I think we've ever done, but it's been <laughs> one of, if not the most fun ones that we've done. Thanks to you, Jeff. Again, hey, where can folks, uh, yeah, I'm pulling up your YouTube channel here. Where can folks find your stuff and uh, uh, remind folks about your show one more time before we bounce on out, my friend? Absolutely. I'll be going live here in about an hour on the YouTube channel. Sports I know. Twitch. Sorry. We went long. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. This is fun. I, I, hey, I like talking sports. That's why I, that's why I do this. Well, the, yeah, the YouTube channel is uh, Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice, the Iceman. You can just look up Sports with Strawberry Ice and it'll pop up. Also, uh, do a podcast, which is basically the show. It's just the audio version of it. It's on BeanPod, uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. So if you don't want to sit there and watch me for an hour, because I do it every day, Monday through Friday, usually for about an hour. Uh, as you can see, I like talking. So <laughs> and I, I talk to myself a lot of times on the show. Uh, but if you don't want to sit and watch me talk for an hour, you can listen to it, like I said, on the Bean po- on the uh, podcast. Uh, make sure you download, like, rate, review, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports with Strawberry Ice. I would greatly appreciate it. And whenever I get to 10,000 subscribers, which I know that's a big get, but that's my plan to get there, I'm going to give away a Bengals jersey Maybe of your choice. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but get to give me the 10,000 subscribers and uh, I'll figure it out. Hey, you get to 10,000. Give me a couple. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the stars, man. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's, it's a big get, but we'll see what happens. Well, appreciate you. You, you, you run a great show. And like you said, uh, like I said, your dedication to it, the fact that you do it, on a day-to-day basis is awesome, man. This has been a ton of fun. We will have you back. We've got a lot of people clamoring to have you back on the show. So uh, we'll definitely have you, have you back. This has been a lot of fun. And if you are new, maybe, maybe you came and checked out orange and black insider for the first time because Jeff promoted his appearance on this show. Give us a subscribe if you, if you would. We appreciate you, you coming and checking us out. We do this show. We do a, a deep dive analysis show on Wednesday night. And then we do uh, every other week, we do listener questions live where we field questions from you live and answer those on air. So, uh, and we'll be doing that this Friday. Ace and Zim too. Don't forget about them. Yep. We've, and on our podcast channel, we've got Ace and Zim show, Orange is the New Black. And of course, Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Get that wherever your audio podcasts, wherever you, you go get those. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. 
Check us out Wednesday. We've got some big appearances, Ken Riley II and Ken Anderson, and we are relying on you all to submit donations to some great foundations to help out these guys and celebrate their Ring of Honor inductions as well as the kickoff of training camp. We appreciate your support. Jeff, take it easy, man. Have a good week on your show. Thanks, buddy. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll be back talking more Bengals training camp throughout the week. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.